we're going to start this podcast with a swear word. I've been super open about how 2020 fucked me. Everything that was solid has really fallen apart. I also stopped living into my values and taking care of myself the way I need to. And I found myself in old patterns that I haven't encountered in years. I'm sure at least some of you can relate when that old cycle, the pattern you thought you finally kicked, is back. Again. Think of those things you say you aren't going to do anymore, like eat ice cream before bed, or smoke cigarettes when you're stressed, sleep all day and stay up all night. I know that there's something because it doesn't matter who you are or what your circumstances are. Some strange force of life is pulling you forward towards growth and expansion, even in small ways. So maybe you quit for a couple of days, a week, a month, and then you catch the feels. Gets undone. You beat yourself up about it. Spiral into the abyss of self-hatred. Dramatic. I know, but also real. You want to be over this once and for all so that you can trust yourself. You want that powerful sensation of follow-through that a completed action gives you. So why do old cycles come back? (laughs) Why can't we complete them forever? When you take action to do differently or level up, your old patterns come for you. This could also be like what I did when I fell off all the wagons. They came for me. This is because our cycles, our automatic programs, live in the tissues of our body, the dark corners of our minds, in our go-to emotional flavors, like the feelings we feel on a regular basis. And they run in the background, automatically, like a robot computer. The moment you decide, there's so much power in declaring, deciding, to take on a mission of negating, letting go of something, that resistance, anything that still lives in you, will begin to bubble up and surface. This is normal. In yoga, we call cycles vridis. This directly translates to whirlpool. And one of their secrets, yoga is filled with practical secrets, is when you want to find the other side, when you're coming up against a familiar block, ponder the opposite. So use your brain to think about the opposite. If you want to stop eating junk food, Focus on how you are going to fill your body with vibrant and healthy foods. Clear thoughts of hate with love in every single way. You can apply that to your situation. If it's like immediately coming to you, tell me. Send it to me. I'm curious. Every single time you catch yourself rolling with the same old, stop. Stop and without any delay, ponder the opposite. Do it even when you don't feel like it. Do it every single time until your brain starts running your upgraded operating system. You know how annoying it is when we need to update our phones? Yeah, effort. (laughs) 
So ask yourself, what are you loving into your life? Check into your intention, the positive reframe of what you're doing and why, and the language you're using around it. Are you using positive language or shoulds and have tos and don't want tos and you know what I mean? All right, so it's happening. We shifted into the automatic, whether that is through leaving the comfort zone or slipping up on some of the things that keep us grounded and centered in life. I don't know about you, but it feels heavy, disappointing, embarrassing, or even shameful when I act out old patterns. The kind of conditioned actions that are easily brought to the surface when things go sideways. I can feel it in my whole body when I'm acting out of alignment. It would be easy to bully myself over what I said or should have said, how I showed up, what I stood for. Instead, I insist on offering myself forgiveness. And I invite you to do the same. I take purposeful time to slow down and rest, to choose me, to protect my energy, When you're in the fight or flight response, there is no learning. We can't take it and digest it and learn from it. I suggest we take the muck, learn as much as we can from it, and then just let it be. We do this through journaling, breathwork, movement, meditation, whatever your practice is. Feel what needs to be felt now. And then just keep following the nudges. We've learned a lot of bullshit about forgiveness. So let me ask you, who are you before the dust settles? Like story of 2020, when is the dust going to (laughs) settle? What happens when you aren't who you thought you were? When your identity, your labels get shaken up? This could be after a breakup, starting over with the shape you thought your life would take, losing a future, or maybe you get fired or quit your job, or you're a student looking for a place in your field. This could be post-death life. A loved one is no longer next to you. Many of you know that my grandpa just passed away, and it's not just the loss of him, because to a certain extent he is free from a lot of pain, But my whole family is moved by the loss of him. And seeing my family in post-death life is a part of the loss of his physical form. So in some way, moving through loss, Buddhists call that groundlessness. Nowhere to plant your feet. Up in the air, waiting to see how things play out. Nothing to hold on to. Everything that was there before could be gone. It's in transition, life monuments passing you by. Heads up, I am going to turn 30 in a few months. I think I need a hug. Know this, the dust never settles. There will always be another thing and you will never be fully ready. Those moments you spend waiting to feel better, more inspired, motivated, Add up to every moment of your existence. 
how you do one thing is how you do everything. So how are you showing up right now in the midst of all the messy, real life? Backstory. When we're young, we live in this constant state of curiosity and discovery. When we get older and the world becomes more and more fixed, static, unchanging, we believe we know how the world works and we set expectations accordingly. You can recognize this in yourself by the feeling of that's just the way it is. You might believe things like dreams don't come true, you have to work hard, it will never be enough, people don't change. Life like that can feel hopeless and apathetic. Maybe you can't get out of bed, or you make the choice to watch TV instead of do the thing you told yourself you wanted to do. Until a new piece of information comes to you and suddenly you find that ease of action again. Movement creates more movement. (laughs) Move, move, move. I want to offer you three keys. So a tidbit like a key, it unlocks a new way of seeing. Something as simple as realizing you'll drink enough water if the container is cute. Mason jar life. Or profound, like the little negative voice in your head is really unintentionally driven by your parents. Whoa! A key piece of information is a catalyst for the growth and change your heart desires. It's the momentum for an upward journey, an inward exploration. The first key is to cultivate the observer. It's a tiny space between the youest you and your thoughts, your perception. It allows you to find information for yourself. We all exist in the same reality, yet see things so differently. You are the ultimate expert on you. And there's no one you can trust more to truly see your inner space. Decisions to act, to really live your one freaking life, start with the observation of self. What do your thought stories look like when no one else is around? What kind of choices do you make when there is no one to hold you accountable but yourself? Dr. Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things... The things you look at change. And that's extra powerful if you are in a situation that maybe doesn't seem like it could change. That you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Key number two. Attachment. In yoga, we call this a parigraha, non-attachment. And you won't agree with the shit I say just because I say it. But you are free. In yoga, we talk about non-attachment to the posture, like the pose, or to the evolution of your practice. Not comparing the way you look to the others in the room, or from books, or even comparing your body today to your body yesterday. Being right where you are, and letting go of where you want to be. The only way to know this for yourself is through felt experience, freedom. Asana, what we might say is the movement practice but translates as the seat, is a state of being rather than patterns of movement. So consider the mind-blowing applications, not grasping onto your state of mind, of heart, 
of body, your state, means letting go of the duality of all these pieces of you being separate. What this looks like is letting go of the idea that happy is better than sad, that pleasure is to be sought and pain is to be avoided, and that certain thoughts are good and others are bad or wrong. We use our attachments to make meaning. And this can either be expansive or it can cloud our perception. The thing about value is that we're choosing it in every moment. Through our lens of perception, we give objects, situations, and states of being meaning. We want the thing, we get the thing, the meaning of that thing changes for the having of it, and we immediately want the next thing. We never actually make it to the target. We never land. I'll be happy when I find my partner. I'll rest when I never need to worry about money again. I'll live fully when I'm not in pain anymore. A new meaning? A total knowledge of self-worth. That you are a divine being made of star stuffs. Insert your language here. This allows you to move without seeking results. There's a lightness that allows you to tap into the rhythm of nature, the cycle of birth and death, without desperately holding on. Learn to be with what already is. What are you chasing? Where can you loosen your grip? And I encourage you always to actually Ponder the things that I say at some point. Let it marinate in your brain. This is the last key I would love to offer you. And that is the key of knowing. Yeah, fucking know it all. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like that. Just kidding. There is a story teaching that many spiritual teachers or yoga teachers use. I personally learned a lot of the yoga philosophy that I know from Corinne Watts, if you ever get the chance to learn from him, I could not recommend it more. But it is the story about getting a PhD on honey. So things like bees produce it, it is yellow and sticky, yada yada yada. You can study honey for a lifetime, write papers, know its features and codes, become a world-renowned expert. But the truth is, you don't know honey until you've tasted honey. A boom. This is the difference between conceptual knowledge versus experience. One of my favorite things about yoga is that the eight limb path of consciousness is based on key experiences, like I've tried to share with you here. It's your own practice. There is nothing that is expected to be bought and sold. Like, here, give me a hundred dollars and I'll give you a handstand. I wish. (laughs) It is becoming your own guide through going deeper and deeper into your inner space. Yoga is actually a how-to process for knowing through experiencing. Corinne, also said that if you really knew you shouldn't do a thing, whatever it is, smoke cigarettes, eat McDonald's, stay in bed all day, you just wouldn't do it. If you knew it in a way that you could not unknow, like the way that you know your name, if someone wildly came up to me in the street and demanded my name is Barbara, 
it wouldn't phase me. I still know that I'm called Nikki in this body. So think about a few of the things that you know, but maybe you don't really know. That honestly you can talk about and know it out there, but not in here. I'm pointing at myself. Have you tasted the depths of raw, vulnerable connection? Have you experienced full body, mind, heart, soul beyond surrender? Do you know the living, breathing space beyond the cycle of negative self-talk and emotional turmoil? Do your beliefs in your thoughts line up with your actions in the world? Are you honestly safe in your own skin, regardless of what's happening in the external circumstance? If you want to feel or do differently, it starts with a visceral, like something you can touch, you know, understanding of something new. Feel free to shut the shit off right now, but I will tell you that I have a new course. It is called Your Yoga Lifestyle, and it also includes a one-on-one element with me. So this is the work that I've been doing mostly privately, and now I'm just making it easier to access. (laughs) You might have seen if you're on my email list that someone finally told me my website was really hard to read. Whoops. If you ever have honest feedback like that, please do tell. The course itself breaks down the entire eight limb path of yoga. So the how-to guide to knowing yourself and experiencing through my favorite things, body, mind, heart, soul, beyond. Every aspect of you. That's the digital content. Each week has a theme from choice, energy, freedom, focus, And then there are different levels of access for working with me. You can choose the smallest access or the biggest, but this course, this is the only place to get some of the things that no one has seen before, like every meditation I've ever created, yoga practices, talks. So hearing me talk for extended periods of time, it's all on my website, NikkiWalters.com, my name. I encourage you to take a look if you've been spending a lot of time just consuming my content and being like, how the fuck? How does she say all the stuff and things? This is everything. Everything to me. It's my favorite mode of study. I I just get jazzed about it. So thanks for listening. To, to that part. I am so excited to hear from those of you that are called. This work is otherworldly. Let us close with some breath.